Welcome to If Life Were Perfect. I'm Laura Meyer, and with me as always is my husband, Josh. Hey, guys. So uh, we hope you guys are having a good summer break. We wanted to bring you this bonus episode because a lot of you guys are either heading off to college or you have friends that are, or maybe your kids are. And we want to make sure that, you know, beyond just buying the bedding, the books, the flights, and those types of things, that you're also remembering to do some of those more essential things that you really do need in college to be set up and protected while you're there. And then even beyond college as well. Because I mean, a lot of times you get so focused on making sure you have your computer, your books, your classes are all in order, where you're sleeping. If your roommate will will be weird. (laughs) Yeah. Do I need to get a new roommate? Am I going to be able to stick with this person? Are they going to be cool or not? And a lot of times, though, other things don't get necessarily addressed. And, you know, the reality is when we're going to college, there's kind of a new set of rules that apply once you're 18. And there's going to be a lot of new experiences, things that you just haven't come across. And so we want to give you a heads up on some of those things. So when you are in that situation, it's not going to be the first time that you're having to see this and kind of make a game time decision. You're going to be prepared in advance. Yeah. And even if you're done with college, this is stuff that all of us need to be doing. So if you didn't get to it in college, you certainly want to be doing it now. And we want to make sure we fill you in on that. Yeah, because it really isn't too late. You know, hopefully a lot of these things haven't, you know, bit you already or you gotten in trouble. And so let's take care of them now. So I have to tell you guys, when I was about 17, my dad said he needed to talk to me about something very important. And I could just tell from the way he said it, it was going to be awkward. Everyone's um, favorite conversation. <laughs> from their mom or dad. Yeah. And at the time I did have a boyfriend. So I thought, oh gosh, this is going to be strange. So I remember he sat me down and he said, you know, I need to talk to you because you're getting older and I see a lot of kids your age. And when they're going to college, they start getting pressured into doing things that maybe they don't want to do. And there could be consequences that stay with them for their lifetime. And that's why it's really important for you to know that you always have to have good credit. (laughs) Exactly. So, (laughs) What you thought. Uh, to- that's totally my dad. And so I guess he assumed I had already gotten the memo from my mom on the boyfriend. You know, fast forward, when I did go to college, it was absolutely true. Like I was getting targeted by credit card companies. I saw, you know, friends fall into debt pretty quickly, those types of things. And because we had had that conversation and it was on my radar, I was able to make some better choices. So for you guys, we want to make sure that we're just giving you a heads up on what to expect and helping you prepare so that you really are safe, protected, and set up, um, and that you really can make the absolute best choices for the short term and for the long term. Yeah, so what we've done is we've come up with our college must list, and must is an acronym, M-U-S-T. There's going to be four things that we want to look at and cover just to make sure that you have that heads up, it's on your radar, and this isn't the first time that you're seeing this when you actually have to make these decisions. So the first thing on the college must list is the M. And what the M stands for is make powers of attorney. Yeah, because, you know, now that you're 18, there's a new set of rules that apply. You know, it used to be that, you know, your parents would talk to the school for you. They talk to the doctors. They could handle all your bank accounts and things like that. And you'd want them to, right? Because you're under 18. But now that you're an adult, um, now it's you who has that responsibility. And you're the one who's able to make all of those decisions as far as who talks to the doctor, who talks to the school school. And in fact, those people can't talk to your parents unless you authorize them to. It's all private now. And so on the one hand, that's awesome and great, right? You know, it feels good. You kind of have that responsibility. You have that kind of power and control. But on the other hand, there's going to be times where you may want or even need your family to be able to help make some of those decisions for you. Yeah, because we see this all the time in our jobs as estate planning attorneys, where there are situations where you do need other people to be able to have that power to help you make those medical 
medical decisions or those legal or those financial decisions simply because you can't. I know we had this um, one situation that we had heard of where a mom got a call from like a hospital. Her daughter was across the country in college and the hospital just said that your daughter is here and would not tell her anything else. And the reason they couldn't do that is because the daughter's medical information is considered private under our federal laws. And so they couldn't tell her anything about what was going on. So you can imagine what that flight was like, right, for that mom. Yeah, I think she said it was like the longest, like 18 hours of her life or however long (laughs) it took to, you know, finally get on the plane and get back east or wherever the college was. Yeah. And so when she finally got there, you know, thankfully it was some kind of, you know, weird thing involving an ear. I don't know why the daughter couldn't, you know, verbally talk to the mom, you know, thankfully it was fine, but that's a prime example of why you really do want to complete um, legal documents, powers of attorney, where you are specifically authorizing certain people to be able to get medical information on you or help you with financial matters if you're in a situation where you need that help and you cannot do it yourself. Yeah. So how we take care of this, the first legal document is a medical power of attorney or advanced healthcare directive. There's a bunch of different names for it, but it's basically a document that says who can make medical decisions on your behalf. And so what that means is to be able to talk to the doctors and say what type of treatment you get, if there's surgeries, the medications, they'd be able to communicate with the doctors and help make those decisions if you couldn't. Yeah. And then the other one is the financial power of attorney. That is allowing somebody else to help make your legal and financial decisions for you if you can't do it. Either you're hurt or maybe you just don't want to do it and you want someone else to handle it. Like, I mean, I feel like half the time I just want Josh to deal with that stuff. So it's great that he has a power of attorney to do that for me. Um, But that's really just authorizing somebody else that you trust, like your parents, to be able to access your accounts, handle contracts for you, access records for you, and those sorts of things. Now, I understand that there's going to be situations where maybe you do want some of that privacy, right? Or maybe even if you are hurt, you might not necessarily want your parents to know that. If that is the situation, then pick another trusted legal adult who can help in those types of situations who you are comfortable with and who you can trust who can help you get through. Well, and the other thing you can do too is with the powers of attorneys, you don't have to just give blanket powers. There's actually different sets and rules so you can limit what type of information and decisions that whoever you choose can actually make. So if you want to keep all of your school records private, you no longer need to hide your report card from your parents. You can actually just keep that private. Now, as a parent, I would hope that you'd still want to share that yeah, especially parents. if I'm paying the bill, right? Exactly. There's other ways, parents, don't worry, that you can uh, <laughs> you, you can encourage your, your kids encourage your kids to do it. But it's one of those things where, you know, some things you still want to keep private, and that's okay. There are going to be situations like we talked about where you really want or need your family or a close friend to help you out with these decisions. Yeah, and, and just as a practical standpoint, I'll tell you, you know, when I was in college, I had a friend where she was in a situation where she made some super poor choices at a party and she ended up in the hospital um, for like a good three days and we were there for her as friends um, kind of by her side and I remember the nurses kept coming to us pressuring us like you need to pressure her to call her parents because she just she didn't want to she really kind of made some bad choices we'll put it that way and finally you know we're like you have to you know call your parents and plus I think they want to know who is going to pay for the bill Um, but she did call her parents and we said how did it go and she said you know my parents and she's very emotional she said 
they said they're not mad at me. What they're mad about is that I didn't call them and that they wish they could have been here with me um, and that they love me and that they're on their way. The thing is, you know, going to like your friends, like, you know, her relying on us in the situation. The reason that was problematic, it's not because we're not supportive, but we didn't have any powers to actually make decisions for her in that state. And we were limited to our, what, 19 plus years of knowledge um, where really she did need someone further ahead in life who she trusted if it wasn't her parents somebody else who could really step in and help yeah and so you know you really want to get those powers of attorney and then you know one of the things that we always recommend too is we need to be practical too because having a set of legal documents if they're sitting at your house or sitting wherever they don't really kind of just spring into action in the event of an emergency and so you know we recommend a few things you know certainly in your phone put in there your emergency contact so first responders or the hospital know who to contact and call we also recommend doing it kind of you know non-digitally as well for all of our clients we give them medical cards that they can put in their wallet put in their glove compartment so if they are in an accident first responders know who to contact and call in the event of an emergency yeah and i know when you're younger like the whole idea of a hard copy seems very archaic but really there are situations especially for first responders where they they might not be able to find your iphone or get into it and it is good to have that tangible you know hard copy to be able to look at the next thing on the must list is the U. And what the U stands for is understand credit. Your story um, in the intro, you know, kind of highlights, you know, the importance of a credit score. And I think it's something where your dad had a great frame of reference because he's in a business where selling cars, he's, they see everybody's credit. And I'm, you know, he's shared countless stories of people who are able to get a car and then people who either can't get a car or have to pay a really high interest rate and it ends up costing them a lot more than somebody else just because they don't have a good credit score. Yeah. So what a credit score is, it's, it's, it's basically the, there's financial institutions that give you a rating based on how I would say based on how trustworthy you are, right? And how good you are for what you commit yeah, how to. How likely it is that you're going to be able to repay your loan. Exactly. And so if you are someone that's always timely on your bills, honors your financial commitments and things like that, you're going to see a higher credit score. If you're someone that's missed payments or you are in too much debt or you've opened up too many credit cards, those types of things, you're going to have a lower credit score. I mean, that's a generic explanation. Um, and so your credit score will follow you for the rest of your life, just like any uh, bad Instagram posts that you may make, it will not go away. And it's something that if you do have a bad credit score or a mediocre one, you're going to get either denied loans in the future, or you're going to get charged way more than somebody who has, for example, a good credit score, because they're going to want to make sure two things, one, that you're going to pay them back. So they're charging you more. And two, they know that you probably won't. And so they know they're going to make a lot of interest off of you. Yeah. And that's why the first people who get targeted are going to be college students. And really nowadays it's everywhere, right? I mean, oh I God. can't. What was the flight we were on, right? And they kept asking us if we wanted a credit card. I'm like, no, like you asked me that when we we're flying, you know, over the Midwest. And now you're asking me when we're about to land in New York. I don't want a credit card. Yeah. And so it's like every purchase, every flight, every department store, I mean, on Amazon, you know, every single place is trying to give you a credit card. And they have great incentives, right? It's like, okay, do this and you're getting $40 or you're getting a bunch of frequent flights 
flyer miles and they make it seem so attractive and they th- make it look like there's just no downside, right? It's just all upside. It's, it's wonderful. You get all this free stuff. And the reality is just like anything else, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. You know, I mean, it, if it sounds too good to be true, there's probably a catch. And with these things, you know, there usually is. And I'm not saying like credit cards are necessarily bad and evil, but you really want to understand what you're signing up for and how that impacts you beyond just the credit card and those purchases. Yeah. I mean, in college, I worked for The Gap and I did have the best khaki wall, by the way. Corporate used to come and take the photo. But um, I worked for The Gap and I still remember this one day I was working. There was like this pretty young gal who came in who was probably my age at the time and she wanted she was buying clothes and she kept handing me different credit cards to swipe because they were getting declined they were maxed out and I I swear it was like the fourth card that finally went through you know here she is like young and she's already maxed out credit cards I mean and that's something that happens so quickly when you're in college and you just start charging things that you think are you know a, a must and really it's just a want those types of things so when people are offering you tons of credit cards wherever you go and when they say would you like to open a card with us or an account I want you instead to hear the words would you like to ruin your credit just say no because you don't want to ruin your credit because again yeah maybe you get 40 bucks or whatever the incentive is or a couple extra miles in the sky but in the long run we're talking tens of thousands of dollars if not more when you start getting into that habit of charging things opening multiple accounts and then having lots of cards dings your credit all sorts of stuff we don't want that for you we don't want it to be game over for you before your life has really even begun yeah because i mean a lot of these purchases you're making right now it's probably for clothes or for electronics or for whatever and these are great things that are helping you right now and you would hate though for that to impact you when you need to go buy a car or buy a house or get a job because a lot of times employers are even pulling credit nowadays because it just shows trustworthiness. Oh my gosh, I think if I was dating, I, I would ask people that. Like, can I see, I don't need to see your you know social media accounts. I need to see your credit score. Yeah, so it is really something, it really is something that's important. Um, and so it's something that is also really easy to check and monitor. There's three major credit agencies. You can Google it, just look it up to make sure that, you know, there isn't anything unauthorized on there and that, you know, you're building your credit so you can get the best interest rate be able to get the purchases that you want. We should do a future episode on how to responsibly build your credit um, to give that kind of guidance as well. All right. So that really dovetails into the next letter on our college must list, the letter S, which stands for setting up a budget. So we did a, a budgeting episode back in, um, what was it? Episode two was I, on I budgeting. Think it's episode two, yeah. Yeah. If you can go back and listen to that, because that's where we're, we really got into how to set up a budget and why. But, you know, I'll tell you, one of our mailbag segments later on in the season um, was from a young man. Remember, I think Joe was his name. Yeah. And he had emailed us. He was asking about whether to defer going to law school for a year because he already was overwhelmed with credit card debt and a car payment and student loans. And and he didn't want to take on more student loans. I wasn't sure if that would be responsible or the best thing to do. Yeah. And so I think so many people can identify with Joe's situation. And I don't know how he ended up in that situation. He seems like a really hardworking, nice guy. But now he's in this situation and it is pre- delaying him from his future because of this kind of debt. And so our advice to Joe and what our advice to all of you is, is set up a budget now. 
as soon as you're going to college, set up a budget of how much money you have and what you can spend and decide now what is a want and what is a must. Because I was talking, for example, to a friend recently and she was saying like her daughter you know, has an emergency uh, credit card or account for emergency purchases. Well, her daughter called her to tell her the emergency was that Taylor Swift tickets had gone on pre-sale and she was part of the exclusive list and she had to get the tickets right then. Otherwise, she was going to miss the purchase deadline. And her mom was, you know, more of the mindset like, I'm not sure Taylor Swift tickets is necessarily an emergency. It's all perspective, right? Or a must. Although I did hear the concert was amazing. (laughs) The mom admitted that. Um, But the thing is, like, before you go into situations where um, you're having to decide, like, should I buy these clothes? or should I even charge rent? Whatever it is, decide first, look at how much money you do have, how much money you're bringing in and how much you need to spend and what truly is like a must versus a want. So you have control of that and you're not gonna find yourself turning to credit cards or those types of things when you are financially in a bind. You know, one of the objections always to a budget is like, oh man, that stinks, that's gonna be so restrictive, I'm not gonna wanna do that, it's boring. And if you listen to the episode, Really what a budget does is brings you freedom. It gives you opportunities where you're able to actually know what you can spend and you can enjoy spending it. You don't have to live in worry because there's going to be situations where you're going to be around all sorts of people. Some people have more, some people have less, and you never want to be stuck in a situation where you're trying to keep up or try to impress people and then get yourself in a really bad financial situation. Let me tell you, there will always be somebody that is better looking and more loaded than you no matter how gorgeous or how rich you are. I will tell you, our kids, we just picked them up from camp and they were telling us how one of the kids was saying he lived in a $27 million home and the dad had a Ferrari, the mom had a Tesla, and it turns out all of this is true. But um, that's the reality is there's always gonna be someone who's way gonna blow it out of the park. Don't get caught up in that now. Um, Just just live within your means, set up the budget. That's the recipe for a happy life. And that's really what you need for your future is to have that kind of control of your finances. And I want to add one more thing to that, Josh. Sure. Um, and Josh, you were so good at this because I remember when we first were getting married or whatever, I wanted to lease a car and I was telling you like, oh, the payment though is only X amount. And you were like, yeah, but what's the overall cost of that three-year lease? And you were you were looking at it not in terms of like the monthly payment, but the overall cost. And switching your mindset to that is going to help you so much in the long run. Because just like when I got this new iPhone, they were like, well, just for four extra dollars a month, you get this. And I was like, no, no, what's the real, true, overall cost? No matter what it is you're being offered out there, whatever payment plan, whatever it is, you need to know the overall cost of things That's what's most important, not what they can make the monthly payment for or the lower interest or anything like that. 
you'll probably be shocked too because a lot of times they'll say okay the cost for this phone is $500 or you can just pay it in installments of you know $22 a month well $22 a month sounds way better but what they don't tell you is that they're also tacking on like an 18% interest rate so that $500 phone is now really costing you $850 is that phone worth $850 or is it really only worth 500 you might want to think of a different option on how to get that phone or to do something more in line with your budget yeah and I think the final point on the budget don't spend more than you make, right? Yeah. All right. So the final part of the college must list is the T. And what this T stands for is think before signing documents. Now that you're 18, you're going to be asked to sign forms and documents, and it's going to be legally binding. It's not like, you know, you're under 18, you have get out of jail free cards. Oh, I didn't understand and stuff. Now you're 18. That's legally binding. You know, I remember one of the first contracts that I had to sign was when I was in college and getting a lease. Uh, me and my buddies, it was going to be my senior year and we were going to be living off campus and it was super exciting. And I remember that I was going to be at home um, with a job. And so I wasn't going to be living there during the summer, but the lease started in June and I wasn't going to be back till September. And I think there was four of us living there and, and one other guy was in that same situation. So we were going to be subletting to somebody else who was going to be there during the summer. And we thought it was going to be fine until the end of summer, where it turns out that the guy who was subletting decided not to pay. And so we're like, well, wait a second, you know, who's responsible for paying this now? And the reality was it was us four, including me and my other friend, we weren't even staying there, didn't even live there. We were on the hook. And so that was a very good lesson to learn on, you know, how important it is to understand a contract and how that can really impact you if you don't really understand what you're getting to. Fast forward, fortunately, then when I was going to law school. And I was going to say, fortunately, you're a lawyer now. <laughs> I'm a lawyer now, but even before being a lawyer, when I was going to law school and didn't even have any contracts under my belt, when I signed a new contract there, I was going to have a roommate, but what I asked for was to see if I could have my own separate contract, so if for some reason that roommate bailed, because I didn't even know this guy, that I wouldn't be on the hook for his share, and fortunately, the landlord agreed to that. It all worked out fine anyways, but that was something that I was able to negotiate and really protected myself against you know, somebody else not carrying their weight. Yeah, and so just a good tip, and we as lawyers will tell you this, is never sign any kind of contract or legal document that you don't understand. And especially ones that are going to last for more than just like a one-off deal. Yeah, and that financially, you know, commit you to something. That is something where if you don't understand it after reading it, because it can be confusing, um, then, you know, see if there's another trusted adult who can read it with you, or if your family does have an attorney, reach out to someone to make sure that you really are understanding what you're Committing yourself to. Yeah, and there may be some room to negotiate too, and it's not necessarily just the price, but just some of the terms can be even more important than what the the price is for a deal. And so, just really being able to have that understanding and perspective can be really helpful in the long run. Yeah, and another point: when you're young, there's a lot of times when people will say, "Can you co-sign with me on this? I don't have credit yet." Um, or you know, you're dating someone, like, "Oh, can you co-sign on this car because you have a credit card?" You know, whatever it is, never ever co-sign with anyone honestly don't do it yeah unless it's your spouse and you have to yeah and even then you want to make sure <laughs> they're good for it because um you know my dad would say if if you ever choose to co-sign on anything be prepared to pay for the whole thing and treat it as a gift he would say anytime you loan money to somebody you know, treat it as a gift. And if it comes back to you, great. So unless you are planning on paying for that car for your friend, don't co-sign on it. It's just not a wise idea. And I think the other piece that I want to stress 
is have a cool off period before you sign things. There's no shortage of great opportunities or fun things to do. And people throw that contract right in front of your face. And if it's not something you've truly contemplated at all in advance and have really like crossed your T's and dotted your I's, can't believe I got that expression right. I always blow those. Um, But take time. So I always like to say, take it away and take the day, which means cool off, really contemplate it. I think this is why we haven't, we've yet to do the impulse buy of a Tesla because I have to put the battery or the charger right in the garage. I can't just do the impulse buy. Take that time so that you can really, you know, wake up the next day and ask yourself, do I want to commit to this? And is it right? Yeah. And then you have an opportunity for somebody else to help you and kind of oversee it to make sure that it really is the best decision for you. Because I mean, where people get you, that's that sense of urgency. You, You may just say, I'm just starting out in the car buying process so you go to your first dealership and it's a great car and then they say okay this is the only time you can get it oh there's yeah like always, it's the greatest deal ever and you right? can only get it today there's always going to be deals so don't feel that pressure and obligation that if you don't do it on the spot that you're not going to be able to get that deal i remember specifically in college going i always had at the time wanted a jeep wrangler that was like my dream car and i remember i went by a car dealership with one of my friends and we thought oh this will be fun let's go test drive one and i remember they you know they put you in the hot seat when you're done in the office the guy comes in with numbers and I was like, guy, that seems like a lot of money. I don't think I could afford that with my gap wages. And then he just comes back and it's like crossed out and there's like a lower number. He's like, can you afford that? And it was like an intense pressure to agree to buy the car. And something inside of me was like, run, 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 even though I super wanted that car. And I got up and I left. And of course, I woke up the next day and I was like, thank goodness I didn't just buy that Jeep like that wouldn't have been smart. And so enjoy the cooling off period. Understand what you are signing. And if you need help, go to someone who can help you understand those financial contracts or legal documents so that you really are fully informed of what you're committing to. All right. So that's our college must list. You know, we hope this stuff helps you feel empowered, not scared. I mean, these are things that you need to do, but don't worry. You can take your time on them. They don't all have to happen overnight. And these are going to be things that you're just going to be part of a growing experience because we want to make sure as these new life events happen that you're able to continue to be excited about them and be able to tackle them with certainty and not with fear and not with pressure. So down the road, you're going to be able to have all those great things like graduating from college, getting that new job, getting that house, getting that new car, and not having some of these decisions that you made right now kind of you know, bite you later on. So we always like to leave you guys with a quick step, something simple that you can do at home based on what we shared with you in the episode. So for today's quick step, we want you to pull your credit score and know what your current credit rating is. So to do that, you can get a free credit report from any of the big three, Equifax, Experian, TransUnion, any of those would be able to provide you your credit rating. And that is something that you do want to monitor, however often they're recommending, what is it a year, but just to monitor so that that you can make sure that your financial credit rating is strong as you are building your credit in your future and going through life. This is something that you can do free. Every year you can pull all three of them and so you may want to space them out like every quarter so then you can just stay up to, to speed to make sure you understand what your credit is and then also just to make sure that there's not some bad credit rating that somebody hasn't stolen your ID or any things like that. It really just keeps you on track um, to make sure that you know your credit store is healthy so you can make all of those great purchases in the future. So if you want more 
more resources from the episode today or to get that quick step, all you need to do is go to lifeworperfect.com and subscribe to our quick steps. We send you the quick steps right to your inbox, provide all sorts of free resources when we send that so you can get more information on the topic that we shared for that day. And as always, you know, we hope that you love this episode. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you think that there's friends or colleagues or grandkids or your own children that could benefit from this, we'd love for you to share it. You can also follow us on Instagram at Meet the Myers. Myers is M-E-I-E-R-S. And we'd love for you to rate, review, and give your comments on Apple Podcasts as well. We're working on season two, which will be coming out in September. So if you do subscribe, you'll you'll get alerts. And then we'll also alert you through the quick steps as well when uh, episode one of season two will drop. Yeah. So good luck on your college career. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be exciting. And so we hope that you get, you know, the right roommate. And we also hope that, you know, these <laughs> lessons you're able to take home and you're one step ahead of the game.